Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. important as a church family that we be real with each other you know I mean I grew up in a dysfunctional family I don't know about anyone else I think everybody's dysfunctional really (laughs) until we get home to be with Jesus we're all dysfunctional but you know you don't want to be one of those families that go you know something goes on but we don't talk about it just put a you know a wardrobe over the hole in the wall and pretend that didn't happen I mean they are unusual days that we're living in. There's a lot of questions being asked out there. There's a lot of people afraid. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, people in shock, you know, just going, you know, can this stuff really happen? Is this really happening? Because it's one thing when you say, you know, there's stuff happening in other countries. It's easy to disconnect yourself, isn't it? It's easy to say, well, there's things going on over there, but. You know, we live in the lucky country, we're here. But when you start to hear rumors of things happening or trying to happen in your backyard, um, then it starts to trigger something in you to think, hang on, (laughs) this could be a little bit more serious than I anticipated. I want to say this, I think that over the years, um, I think the prayer in our nation, the prayer covering that we have in our nation I think is the very thing that will keep us safe in these days. You want to thank God for the prayer people that have gone before us. I mean, the Australian Prayer Network, there's, um, uh, who else is there? There's, oh, intercessors, like, there's groups of intercessors that have fasted and prayed and done 40-day fasts, you know, for years and years and years over this nation. And I think that's why things didn't happen the way they should have gone last week. Because I think it, was a, it wasn't just a, you know, a governmental police intervention. It was a spiritual intervention. You've got to know that when prayer is over a nation, there is spiritual intervention that stops things happening. That prayer changes things. And so we have to say to ourselves, okay, this is an unusual time. Can you just take Rebecca out of that fold back there, please? This is an unusual time that we're living in. And so how do we handle this as Christians? How do we process this as Christians? How do we get our hearts right? How do we prepare for things that may happen or may not happen? And how do we speak to other people about this? How do we, how do we you know, converse about this when people ask us questions? When people say to us, where is your God? What answer do we have for them? Let's look at this scripture right now here. Thanks, Beck. I think I'll be all right tonight, and I'll call you back in a minute. It says here in Psalm 46, 1 to 11, God is our refuge and strength. Now, look, sometimes you read scriptures and you just go, yeah, that's really nice. But I'll tell you this, it's time to read scripture and ask God to bring revelation to us for the days that we live in. It's time for the scriptures to come alive. It's time for you again to get hungry for the word of God. It's time for you to get before the word of God and even start to meditate and remember. And I'm starting to do that. You know, last night I started, I said, I'm going, I am going to memorize scripture. I can memorize scripture, but I can never remember where it is. I just go, you know that scripture that says, and I can memorize it, I can say it, and I just go, where is it, Phil? He always knows where it is, but he doesn't know what it says. (laughs) So we're we're a really good pair. We both agree it's going to be the two of us. Yeah. And so I memorized last night. Now, what was the scripture I memorized? Can you remember the scripture I memorized? (laughs) I 
can't remember. <laughs> I remember the scripture. I don't remember where it is. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Anyway, I'm going to memorize scripture. But, but, um, hey, yeah, I'll remember. Oh, yeah, I'll do it again tomorrow. But here's Psalm 46, and look, let's read this as if it's revelation. To, let's read this as if this God is speaking to you right now, and this is, this is God speaking. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, and then it says Selah. Do you know what that means? Stop and think on that for a minute. Just pause, just pause for a minute. Just pause for a minute. Just go, wow. Check that. It's amazing. And then it goes, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. Do you know God's talking about his church right there? This, do you think that this is the holy place where the Most High dwells? Do you think we're sitting in it right now? Do you know where the Most Holy Place, where the Most High dwells? Right here. Right here. So when it speaks about there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You are the city of God. You are the house of God. God dwells inside of you. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Think about that for a minute. He just lifts his voice. He just, everything's going on. The nations are in an uproar. And God just goes, hello. Everything is under his control. And it says, come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then it says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our God. You know, we often hear this scripture quoted. We often quote it ourselves. Be still and know that I am God. But when we read it in the context that, it, that we're reading it in tonight, we read it in the context of scripture, when we read it in the context of the days that we're living in and the things that we are seeing, doesn't it make so much more sense? When God says, be still, and know that I am God. Be still, my heart. Be still, my mind. Be still, my fears. Be still, my thoughts. And know that I am God. I am God. See, we serve the one true living God. He is. He's not a pretense. He's not a belief system. He's not something that someone made up to, to satisfy their own religious fanaticism. He is the one true living, living God. He lives. He is God. What about this scripture? In Isaiah 60, 1 to 3, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Listen, 
I want to bring you good news tonight. You've been reading a lot of news. You've been looking at a lot of Facebook pages. You've been looking at a lot of images that you probably should never see in your life. You've been hearing a lot of things. But I want to bring you what God is saying for this hour. You've heard enough of what the devil is saying for this hour, what the darkness is saying for this hour. But tonight I want to bring you what God is saying for this hour. Arise. Arise. To arise, you have to wake up. You can't get out of bed unless you're awake. Arise. Get up. Wake up. Open your eyes. See what God is doing. Arise and what? Arise and shine. For your light has come. What do you mean, God? I'm reading the news. I'm seeing these things. I'm seeing all these things happen. And you're saying to me, your news is, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. But, there's a but. There's two two reports going out right now. Do you know that there's always been two kingdoms since the fall of man coexisting together simultaneously at the same time? There is the kingdom of darkness that is coexisting simultaneously with the kingdom of light right now. Since the fall of man, they have been simultaneously coexisting together. And right now, we are going to see a defining line between those two kingdoms. Where in the past, we would say, oh, that's a gray area. I wouldn't say that's black. I wouldn't say that's white. I wouldn't say that's good. I wouldn't say it's evil. I wouldn't say it's right. I wouldn't say it's wrong. I wouldn't say it's God. I wouldn't say it isn't God. There is a gray area that has been there. But what's happening right now is there a shift. There's a shift in those two kingdoms where there is no longer going to be an overlap and, and it's not going to be a clear, an unclear distinction about which kingdom is which. But what we're seeing right now is a shift. And the shift is this. See, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth. Darkness, the kingdom of darkness is getting darker. It's becoming more revealed. At the same time, simultaneously, The kingdom of light is getting brighter. It has to happen. It's just just a natural phenomena that when darkness increases, what happens to light? When darkness increases, what happens to light? Now look. I'm not going to give you permission to do this at any other time in any other church service, but right now, get your mobile phones out, everybody that's got one, and I want you to put on your torch or your light in your mobile phone. Don't shine it in my eyeballs. Just turn on. Just when we got everybody going, just waiting for everybody. Everybody got, wave at me, you got it, you got it? Okay. All right, you ready? Okay, watch this. This is what happens when darkness increases. Here comes the darkness increasing right now. It's coming, it's increasing. It's getting darker. It's getting darker. It's getting darker. It's getting darker. It's It's almost dark. 
turn the mother's room light out, please? All right, now hold up those lights. Hold them up. Stand up. Have a look around you. Hold them up. What happens when it's dark? What happens when it's dark? That which was not illuminated when there was a mix of darkness and light. When the darkness increases, suddenly the light is illuminated and not just we will see one another, but the people of this world will begin to see where the light is. Because when there's great darkness, people will run to the light. The Bible says the people on the earth have seen a light. They have seen a light. Do you know what that light is? That light is Christ in you. That light is that you are the hope of the world. You are the light of the earth. You are the answer to every problem. You don't need to get besotted and get under the problem. You don't need to get weighed down. You need to read the news and be afraid. Why? Because you are the answer. You're the reason why darkness will not take over. You're the reason why darkness will not win. You're the reason why God has left you on this earth because you have been left here to shine. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. See, darkness covers the earth. The thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. Amen. Okay, turn them off. Lights coming back on as we speak. <laughs> can I have those bodies turned up so I can see my notes? It's like, it's so dark. Oh, Naked to all the lights, you know, all the balls and put them all back on. You know, You know, the Bible says in Revelations 12 and 12b that the devil is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. You see, you've got to understand, we've read the end of the book. If you've read the end of the book, you know that we win. <laughs> You know, duh. <laughs> oh, but Pastor Julie's like, ISIS is coming. Oh, no, no. Read the end of the book. We win, and we don't whimper out. We win victoriously. We win in glory. Because our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to come in the midst of the mess and just go, stop. Like a referee. You know, like in a crazy game of football? Not in our team, though. Our team never swear at each other and carry on. But you know, in a crazy game of football, everybody's fighting and carrying on, and then the ref just comes out, blows his whistle and goes, stop. That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be like Jesus is going to manifest himself and he's just going to go, stop. And the whole world, the whole earth is going to see him at once. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He said if he didn't come, they would have destroyed everything. The whole world would have been destroyed. But he stops it. We have this hope. We have this hope. Right now, we listened to an incredible prophet the other night, and he said that he has heard in the spirit realm a question that's being asked to Christians right now, and the same question is being asked by God and simultaneously being asked by the devil. The same question is being asked of you right now. It's being asked by God and it's being asked by the devil. 
at the same time? And do you know what that question is? The devil says it like this. Who do you think you are? 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 God, at the same time, is asking the same question. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? When you read the scriptures, when you know what I've done, when you know that you are mine, when you know that you have won the victor's crown, when you know that you are the head and not the tail, when you know that you are the beginning and the end in his hands, when you know he has given you all power, all authority, all dominion, when you know that you hold the answer in your hands, God asks you the same question tonight. Who do you think you are? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so shall he be. Who do you think you are tonight? After all I've done, after my son has hung on a cross and shed his blood for you, I've given you everything. I have laid it out before you. You are the church. You are the church of the living God. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. You are the answer. You are the answer to every problem in this earth right now. You have hands that lay hands on people and see the sick healed. You can raise the dead. You can change atmospheres in my name. Who do you say that you are? Who are you? Do you belong to me? Are you mine? Have you been bought with a price? Who are you? And when we can answer that question, when we can look at the devil, say, get behind me. I am a child of the most high God. I have been bought with a price. Hallelujah. I have the power of the living God within me. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in my mortal body. Hallelujah. The one who took the keys of hell and death and rose on the third day and defeated you has given me those same keys. And I hold the keys in my hand. Death, where is your sting? It has been swallowed up in sweet Victory. There is therefore no more fear. In, in, there is no more fear because perfect love has cast out all fear. Beautiful. See, the, the Bible says, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, and what? He will flee. Ra said it this morning. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Surrender your heart and God can lift you up in this day. Oh, you say these are some of the scary times we've ever lived in. I'm telling you, these are the most exciting days the church has ever lived in. Do you know that, that the prophets of old said they would have done anything to live in this day? There are some in heaven right now, the great cloud of witnesses going, ah, oh, how come I didn't get to be there now? But do you know this? Out of 7 billion people on the earth right now, God chose you. God chose you. God chose you to be here. God chose you to be filled with his light. And God chose you as a deliverer. Amen. A deliverer who knows his own and her own weaknesses. A deliverer who says like Moses, I don't want to go from this place without your presence. I can't leave here without your presence, oh God. If your presence does not go with me, how will all the people on the earth know that I am any different to anyone else? 
Oh, I've got to read that. I've got to read it somewhere in the end. <laughs> Hang on. Yes. Here it is. Exodus 33, 15, 18. Look at this. Then Moses said to God, Moses says to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish us? Listen. What else will distinguish us or me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. I want you to know tonight God is pleased with you. He is pleased with you. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. It's amazing, isn't it? Do you know God chose you to live now, right now, in all the thousands of years that things have been unfolding, God chose you. And you say, why did God choose me? I'm, I'm a scaredy pants and I'm backslidden maybe and I'm, you know, I'm a drunkard, I'm this, I'm that, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he's seen something in you that maybe you don't even see yourself yet. Because he sees within our weaknesses, he sees deliverers. He sees those who will be the deliverers of the last day's harvest. He sees those that would be the witnesses, those that would stand in the midst of darkness and be light. He sees you and he chose you. In Psalm 139, it says this, and 16, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God is looking for deliverers. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Can you imagine how many people in this day and age are going to be so frightened, are going to be just so needing someone to say, hey, it's okay. As if God is making his appeal through us for us to go and hold people, for us to go and reveal Jesus to people. Do you know right now, and this is a fact, this is an absolute fact, they cannot, they cannot keep count they cannot keep an account, it's happening that fast and that frequent, but an average, this is average, right now, 100,000 Muslims are coming to the Lord per day through dreams and visions and direct encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's serious. He's serious. When God said, I would wish that none would perish, he's serious about getting this harvest in. He's so serious that he's going himself. He's so serious that he's going himself to 100,000 Muslims a day. And they're bowing their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ, turning around their ways, getting their minds renewed and realizing it's all about love and not hate. It's about brotherhood and it's not about fighting. It's about love. They never experience love. You don't understand. They've never experienced love. They've been brought up. Not love these people. Love them. Don't hate them. They don't understand. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing. And they're so zealous. You know, Jesus gets a heart of a, hold of a zealous heart like that. And those Muslims, I tell you, are going to do greater work than us while we're sleeping in our church pews. Amen? We're mucking around with our Western culture. And, you know what I mean? Playing with our grace. One of those Muslims gets a hold. One of them gets a hold of Jesus Christ and is so zealous for Jesus as they are for that false religion. My God, they could turn the known world upside down. Yeah. Amen? You know, we've got to love these people. We've got to pray. 
We can turn this around, church. We can turn it around. What is an ambassador? Did you hear the scripture I just read just, just a second ago? We are therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, turning. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you. We implore you. I'm imploring you tonight. That means I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. Um, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Put him first. Give him everything. This is it. Give him everything now. Give him everything while you can. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Come close while you can. An ambassador is a senior representative sent out with authority. Senior, you go preach your own sermons. (laughs) A senior representative sent out with authority. Do you know, you may have been a Christian, you know, 30, 40 years. You may have been a Christian your whole life. But you may have been a Christian two weeks. But I want to tell you right now that you are a senior representative of the kingdom of God sent out with authority. You might say, well, Julia, I've tried to, I've tried to pray for people before and no one got healed. Oh, you've never lived in these days. Oh, uh, you know, this, it talks about in these days that we're going to, you know, step on scorpions and we won't be hurt. And you better believe it. You better believe it. But it's those that are choosing right now to come close. Amen. You know, we can't keep talking about a God that we cannot prove. It's enough words. It's enough words. It's time for us to get on our faces and really seek him and really get him on the inside of us and then walk out to a world with this living God bursting out of us, making a difference. Jesus came to them and said, this is in Matthew 28, 18, and this is, what he said to the disciples is what he's saying to you today. All authority, everybody say all. all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely Surely, I am with you to the very end of the age. Surely, I am with you. Surely, I am with you. Did you think that I would send you out alone? Did you think that I would send you into battle without my anointing, without my covering? Did you think that I would send you to the lions without anything to defend yourself with? Surely, I will be with you to the very end of the age. What do we need to do? We need to get desperate. We need to get desperate. We need to wake up. We need to open our eyes. We need to stop playing, oh, I'm in shock thing. Yes, we're here. Yes, things are happening. We need to wake up. We need to get desperate. Psalm 42, 1-4 says this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? Where is your God? Jesus should be the first recourse instead of the last resort. Someone comes to you and says, I'm sick. Oh, I've got some Panadol in my bag. 
When did we stop believing? When did we get so dry and so insipid, so powerless that we can't even reach out a hand to pray for someone in need? Jesus is the first place we should go. We need to learn how to do that. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts that are fully committed to him. You know, say, Lord, I'm weak. I want to follow you, Lord, but I'm weak. But you know, the eyes of the Lord right now, I mean, ne- like never before, the eyes of the Lord are looking like this. He's looking for the ones who will go count me in, count me in, and then he's going to come and he's going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen you. Oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about the strengthening of the Lord. But how can we be strengthened, Lord? How will you strengthen me? How are you going to do that? Will you just zap me with a lightning bolt? Will you give me some glorious encounter, burning bush encounter? How will you do this? He already told us. He said, be still and know that I am God. And I'm going to give you two words right now that are probably foreign language to this generation. Foreign language. You'll say to me, what does that mean? Two words that the devil has stolen from us so that we might be sucked into the chaos of the last days. And here's the two words. You ready for them? Are you ready? Are you ready? Silence and solitude. They've been stolen from us. And we need to take them back. Silence and solitude. Be still. Be silent. Be in solitude. You know, there, there's a sound in God's voice that can only be heard in silence. And right now he's speaking, he's speaking so much. He has so much to say to each and every one of us. He's downloading the strategies for the day that we live in. It's never been more important to listen. But we can't hear him in the midst of our chaos. We can't hear him. Put the phone down, turn it off, get off Facebook. Fast the thing if you have to. If it has a hold of you, fast it. Don't even put music on. Put nothing. And get away by yourself with nothing to stimulate you. Except the voice of God. Be still and know that I am God. And in the stillness and in the silence and in the solitude, you will hear the still, small voice of the Lord as you go into the cleft of the rock like Elijah did. As you go into the cleft of the rock, you will hear the still, small voice of God and he will begin to speak mysteries to you. He will begin to speak into your inner man, into your inner soul, into your inner being, and he will strengthen you from the inside out. And I believe that those who will do this, will use these disciplines in these days, will be drawn into the most intimate place with the master, into the most intimate place with him, that we would be like the early disciples when they said they knew these men were not learned. Where's that scripture? Can you put that one up? Do you know where it is? Yeah, it's like here. It's Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary. Anybody ordinary here? 
tonight. Ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. These men had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not about how hard we can work in this day. It's not about how smart we can put programs in place to get the lost saved. This is all about intimacy. Right now, God is calling us into the most intimate place. You know, in Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, make light? He never said, make light. He said, let there be light. You know, there's something that comes when you've been with him, when you've listened to his voice, when you've absorbed, just, just soaked yourself in the scriptures, when you've soaked yourself in his presence, when you've been with him, guess what happens? Light just happens. You don't have to make light. You don't have to try to be a good Christian. You don't have to work hard. God said, let there be light, not make light. It's not your job to make the light. It's your job to be with the one who lets there be light. He lets there be light. He makes, he turns your light on. You can't turn it on yourself. He turns your light on. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got to miss all that bit out because I haven't got time. It's all right. This is really important. I believe that God, God has been stirring a divine discontent in you. Well, let me ask that question. Let me pose it as a question tonight. Has God been stirring a divine discontent in you? Like Ra said, are you sick of where you are right now? Have you had enough? Do you feel like you need change? Do you feel like you, you know, you're frustrated with your life? You're frustrated with who you are, where you're at, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with others, your job. Everything seems stinking rotten. I just want out. I want change. And you, you don't know what it is. It's like a holy discontent inside of you. You don't know what it is. What's going to fix this inside of me? I don't know. A new job, a new outfit, a new boyfriend. I don't know what's going to fix this inside of me. i tell you what's going to fix that inside of you. It's a holy discontent. And the only thing that can fix that inside of you is be still. And know that I am God and I will be exalted over the nations. Amen? Listen, I'm nearly finished. Give me one more minute. Can you do that? Maybe five. <laughs> this is important. You know, you know, there's times when you know that there's an important message from God. It's not just a preach. You know, I just, I just know God is speaking right now and we have to hear him. He says that he doesn't do anything, that he first does not reveal it through his servants, the prophets. And we need to listen to the prophetic voice. And we need to not just listen to it, we need to, be, be, we need to action it. We need to, you know, get a holy fear on the inside of us. It goes, God's speaking, we better do this, yeah. You know, it's, this is serious stuff. Listen to this. This is Psalm 91, 1 to 8. I want to share one last point with you. I think, it's a, I think it's a point that's going to change your life and change your perspective of the days that we live in. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Listen, whoever dwells. Listen, whoever dwells. Whoever is still. Whoever's been with God. Whoever has relationship with God. Whoever is fresh in their relationship with God, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow 
of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. And the Lord spoke to me and he showed me and he's showing other prophetic people across the earth that he's going to put a divine anointing, protection and covering over his people. You say, but Julie, there's people overseas right now that are being beheaded for their faith. But the scriptures clearly tell us in Revelations that there are only a certain amount of martyrs that can be martyred until God says that's enough. There's, there's a number that will be reached, and when that number is reached, God says, that's enough. No more. Now, the protection is over my people. My people are going to be covered. And that's why he says in these days that we'll walk amongst this stuff and it will not come near us. There's prophetic people that have had dreams about, you know, the Ebola disease coming into a room because it's probably a last day's plague and it comes into the room on a person and there's Christians in that room and this Ebola, this Ebola disease just falls off this, this person because it cannot come near the Christians. Do you understand that God is going to protect us in these days because judgment does not belong to the house of God? No, God will protect his people. And there's another prophet that saw uh, anointing coming on uh, the people of God like never has been seen in the history of the world before. You know that they say, greater works shall you do than these, Jesus says. Greater works shall you do. We're living in the days of the greater works right now. We've crossed over. We've stepped in. God is going to have an answer to the darkness, and it's going to be incredible light. God is going to have an answer to this darkness. It's going to be incredible power and anointing, and it won't just be the few. It'll be the body of Christ walking through the earth like a mighty army of light, changing things, saving the lost, healing the sick, and pushing back darkness wherever they go. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk in the kingdom of light and nothing will by any means harm you because your God will be with you and your God will be with your children, amen? And your children's children. He is a covenant God. He always protects his people. He opens the Red Sea and lets them through, then destroys the enemy. He is a covenant God, amen? And his people are precious to him. And his people, you're here because you're supposed to be a light to the world. That's why you're here right now. Be a light. And it's funny you should talk about that wave, Ra. You can have the team up. Because one of the visions that a lot of prophets are having is a great wave. This is a wave of prophetic anointing, a great wave of the glory of God, like a tsunami that's just going to come and it's just going to wash over the earth and wash over the Christians, right? But what happens, listen to me, what happens just before a tsunami? What happens just, yeah, say it. There's a sucking back. There's a sucking right back. Have you felt dry lately? Have you felt hard to get into the presence of God? Have you felt hard to pray, to read your word? Have you felt, I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to press in. And There's a sucking back. And you know what God is saying? In the midst of the sucking back, in the midst of the sucking back, in preparation for the tsunami, don't stay on low ground. Don't stay on low ground and be sucked into the chaos and be caught up in the chaos 
and be overcome by darkness. Get up on the high ground. When a tsunami's coming, you get up on the high ground, amen? You get up in the high place, why? So you can catch the top of the wave and ride it all the way in. And God is calling his people to get up into the high places in intimacy with him so they can catch that tsunami wave all the way in. And I reckon there's restoration, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's evangelism like we've never seen. There's multitudes that are going to come into the kingdom. The Bible says that more people will come into the kingdom this day in this time than have ever come in in the whole history of mankind. More into the kingdom. We're going to see it. We're going to see the greatest evangelistic revival. The anointing is not going to come like we thought with some preacher up the front and everybody shaking. No, it's going to be glorious Christians filled with the light of God, walking amongst the darkness and nothing touching them. Walking amongst disease and disease doesn't get on them. Walking amongst death and terror and nothing touches them. Not afraid of anything, just alive in God because they have been with Him. If there's anything I can say to you tonight, get with Him now. The days are over for playing. Playing church is over. It's over. Get with Him now. No more excuses. Oh, I'm too tired, I didn't wake up, I didn't eat enough, I didn't sleep. No more excuses. Get with him now. And get with him because you love him, because he's the lover of your soul, not because you have to work at something. Get with him because you love him. You know what? The way that we're going to go into this day with joy in our hearts is because we're going to know, we're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are loved. Don't focus on the darkness. Focus on the light. Don't keep reading all the stuff. Yes, you need to know what's going on, but don't fill yourself up with the stuff. Read the Bible. Read the truth. Read the light. Be with Jesus and fill yourself up with the living God in Jesus' name. Let's quickly hand out. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.